Gravity Falls creep into the non-animated world, this is the Gravity Bros Podcast. Hello everybody, I'm Alec Hester, and I am joined, of course, by the number one member of the Dipper Wendy fan club, Lucas! Oh my gosh, of course not, of course not, no. <laughs> Dude, you were just telling me before the recording how secretly you loved them so much, why oh would you Lord. back Just tell the people, it's okay, man. Oh my gosh, I, I very much would like to clarify that he's he's trying to pull off a bit, okay? There's no, <laughs> no degree of truth. Zero. Have I, ever, have I ever started this podcast with a bit? Yeah. Oh. Well, I guess it's possible. <laughs> Could be. Actually, uh, don't, I don't know if you have or not. I, I was just also doing a bit. That's, so. that's fair. That's fair. So, Lucas, um, yeah. before we get into this episode, which, as I just alluded to, is kind of another Dipper Wendy episode. Um, kind of. It's, it's more a Dipper Robbie episode, actually. And, and I'm going to talk more about that because that's something that I care about. It is a difference, but I have some business to get to because oh. I made a I made a critical error last week. Whoa! Uh, yes, and it was not an error within the context of the episode, but rather what was left out, and that's that I completely forgot to read last week's cipher, which normally we close the episode with. Uh, and it happened to be, in my opinion, one of the coolest ones. So if people like to solve the ciphers themselves, I assume that you would have already done it by now, but if not, skip ahead 30 seconds. So it read, not H.G. Wells approved, which, because it was a time travel episode, was a direct reference to the author of The Time Machine, which is one of my favorite movies and books, Sony. Yeah. H.G. Wells is, uh, is a king. That's, that's a pretty cool reference. I'm glad you said that. I'm uh, I'm cool. I'm glad I, I learned that little piece of information. Because I never pay attention to those. So those are new to me every time you say it. <laughs> yeah, man. No, it's new to me too. I never actually did play the game, did the ciphers when I was watching the show through the, for the first time. So it's really cool to be able to do it now. Even though I'm not actually solving it, I'm totally copying somebody else's work and stealing it for the sake of our podcast to share with people. Uh, hey, but you know. That's called creativity. In, in in Hollywood. That's what they call creativity. I guess so. And this is actually a good transition point, too, because there are a couple things that have come up through the Discord that I keep meaning to get to in the episodes, but I haven't had time. So while I'm already talking about things that we've missed, did you know that the Larry King head was actually voiced by Larry King for real? I did know that, actually. Yes. Okay. Uh, KM Cabrera 22. Thank you for that in the Discord. I did I'd, not I'd, know that. It, I'd forgotten, I, but I did know that. It crossed my mind during the episode. Was that actually Larry King? And by the way, rest in peace to the great Larry King. Uh, really fun that he decided to do that. I love Very it. cool. Super cool that they had him on, as a guest on the show. Yeah, I also needed to correct an error that I criticized you for giving Nessie a one while you had given the Tokolosha two way back at the beginning of the series. Uh, you actually gave the Tokolosha seven. Oh, and you gave nice. Lake Monsters a one, which How still... How dare you criticize me? We're, and we're talking, of course, right now about Journal 4, when we induct creatures from our world into our own journal. Um, Lucas, for some reason, I makes have some very reasons. wild choices. Everyone else has normal choices, but they're only normal because they're popular. People don't think things through. I get that. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. speaking of Journal 4... <laughs> I had mentioned in an episode where we added Jersey De the Jersey Devil to Journal 4. I was like, I want to add Jersey Devil here because there's no creature that I can possibly fathom working in this spot. So I want to bring one up that I don't think Gravity Falls will ever give us the opportunity to hear from. And I picked the Jersey Devil. It turns out that the Jersey Devil, literally not even an adaption of it, is canonical within the Gravity Falls universe because it's in the Lost Legends book. Uh, which is four bonus episodes that were written and put into comic form after the show. Oh, what? Yes, and no. I've read it. But I totally forgot that the Jersey Devil was literally in it. And Oh, that's cool. Oh my gosh. I just, yes. I like I'm ashamed that. that my logic was, we will never have a reason to talk about Jersey Devil, so I'm going to do it now. And it's and most of the other creatures are like, instead of Bigfoot, it'll be like Sasquatch hand. I don't know. You know, something that's not truly the name of the cryptid. And in this case, yeah. it is literally the cryptid. Ugh. Thanks to Manhunter62006 for that little insight. Well, thank you for uh, recovering on your blights, sir. I appreciate it. 
Uh, I did have one important thing. Do you remember okay. when you were wondering what Dipper's real name was and you wondered whether it had appeared in canon? Yeah, I know that it has, but I forgot what it was. Or maybe it hasn't. What, what are you going to say? So it was confirmed in Journal 3, so I feel like that's fair game to talk about now. Um, okay. I think it's a good name. Dipper's real name is Mason. That's right. I, I knew that. I didn't know. I Again, I because the Masons. Get it? The Freemasons? Yeah. Yeah, I think that that was probably the intention. Uh, I like it. I Anyway... I felt like um, th those were uh, good things to talk about here. I did miss an entire section of Journal 3, but we've already talked enough about the Blights. Let's get into the episode today, and we can get into that some other time. Yeah, I I'm now, interested to know what we're going to do for the our journal at the end of this today, but that's, that's a later note. I have the perfect one, and just to tease people, this is maybe the Journal 4 entry that I'm the most excited to talk about. That so, shocks me to my core. I, I'm shook. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't wait to get into it. So, episode proper. This episode is called Fight Fighters. and Like, like, a, street, like street Fighters, the game. Yeah, I, I feel like this is a weak pun. I think just doing a double word, there's stronger titles. Well, it's not about it being a pun. It's like kind of a play on the, on the silly over-the-top nature of the video games, I think. You I know? think that's... Actually, that's a good point. I get what they're going for. Um, and speaking of which... The very first thing that we get in the cold open is Seuss taking his buds to the arcade, his favorite place in Gravity Falls. And what I wrote in this moment was, oh, I immediately know what episode this is, and I'm immediately excited because this is one of my favorite episodes. And you know what? Wow. That was my first, like, inclination. Yeah. I realized, though... I have very fond memories of specific things about this episode that are some of the coolest things I think that Gravity Falls does, but the episode itself I left a little bit underwhelmed by, not to spoil it ahead of time. Wow, I had such the opposite experience. That's hysterical. Did you really? I'm so yeah. surprised to hear that. I'm shocked. such the opposite, because I went into this thing like, oh yeah, the video game episode. Like, yeah, this is kind of a cool idea, but like, I feel like every cartoon in this decade did video games come to life or get inside a video game. And, and I mean, I'll get more into it, but I watched, I went through the end of this, like I couldn't stop writing notes because of how funny I thought it was from beginning to end and how creative I thought a lot of it was. Like, there's a ton that I loved about this. And, and to me, I thought this was like, oh, no, this reminded me of more of what an underrated gem of an episode could have been. Well, that's interesting. And I do consider a large portion of it to be an underrated gem. Well, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll show, we'll, I'll convince you by the end. Trust me. All right. I hope so. Now, yeah. we do get a couple of cool little arcade machines here. There's Frog Time, Ghost Maze. Ho Down Hero, you know, kind of these knockoffs of Frogger and Pac-Man and Dance Dance Revolution. Very right. fun. So pretty much almost all of my notes, I'm not joking, are just quotes from the episode because I thought there were so many funny lines, just so much great writing. So yep. in this moment when Seuss is showing everybody his beloved games that he used to play, he says, this one taught me this thing. And he goes to the Pac-Man game and he says, this one's taught me how to eat ghosts. <laughs> I thought that was hysterical. Um, and then you see old man McGucket playing Dance Dance Revolution. And Seuss goes, this one taught me how to dance. Except the game's broken. So McGucket's yes. just standing there dancing. And Dipper goes, uh... And Seuss just goes, let him have this. I love <gasps> that Seuss is such an authentic, like, gaming nerd. But in, like, the truest and best sense where... He sees this as a legit subculture that is welcoming to people and something that he has found identity in. So he wants Which to share is. that with everybody. It really Which it is. is. Yeah, or it can be at least. And, you know, I, I think that also it just shows Seuss's character. I think his character and his personality shine through a lot in this. Because I like to think that even though Seuss ends up being comic relief and side character a lot, he feels more than that to me because he's got an also like kind of wholesome edge to him that gives rounds out his character a little more. I don't know. I'll get more into that as more examples come up throughout the series. But sure, um, and I like him a lot in this episode. I agree. And Seuss gives us this introduction into the arcade so that we can have Robbie putting up posters for his band. Uh, you know, Dipper asks if. By the way, I was mad about this. So Dipper like kind of criticizes him. He's like, is that mascara? 
And Robbie is like ashamed. But you know what? Guys can totally wear mascara. Like, get off your high horse, Dipper. I I almost straight up started wearing makeup for one of our things. And the only reason I didn't, honestly, was because I didn't have time. And actually, I did put on a little bit of makeup for one of our recordings the other day. But it was really subtle. And it honestly brought out the color in my face on our recording really well. So all I'm saying is that's ridiculous. Yes, I, a silly thing to put. I honestly, I was so like whatever about that that I, I think I just kind of blocked it out of my memory. Uh, fair enough. But the important thing here, more so, is that Wendy's there too, and Robbie oh, yeah. doesn't listen when she tells him that she's going to be camping with her dad this weekend. Uh, However, he was also gaming. Okay, she should know not to tell a guy anything while they're gaming. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Joking 100%. Listen to your partners when they talk to you. It's a very respectful yes. thing to do. So that's how we get into the theme song here. And all of this really, I think, is a strong setup because there's a lot of different pieces playing here that are all going to be important as we go forward. Um, I did forget to mention that Grunkle Stan found like a scam machine that just asks for a token to win. And they're like, cool, you won. Now let's have another token. Or that was whatever. pretty funny. And he's mad. And I'm like, dude, yeah. that's like your game. You made that game. That if you had been, this is the alternate universe Grunkle made that game for sure. <laughs> yeah there's small there's one one other little thing i wanted to say about that scene with uh robbie was when he like puts his arm over wendy and like glares at dipper i'm not gonna lie there was a part of me that's like honestly dude if someone was like super hitting on my girlfriend in front of me like regardless of their age i might actually do something like that you know what i mean Oh, you're changing your mind a little bit because you have long said that. No, I know, but I think in this particular situation, it's different because they're now actually together. You know what I mean? Because they haven't been until this point, really. But now okay. he's using the word girlfriend and Dipper's still kind of not respecting that. And that to me is different. That to me is like, okay, you're not only being creepy because you're hitting on somebody older than you. Now you're being creepy because you're hitting on someone else's girlfriend in front of them. Like, come on, man. Like, Dipper kind of, like, not to spoil anything, but Dipper kind of deserves an ass woman, in my opinion, in this episode. Uh, you, okay. That's a really interesting take, and I am surprised I didn't think about it like that. But you're right, that is a difference. Uh, I'm going to give you that. So, speaking of Robbie... After the theme song finishes, we hear some music outside, and Dipper, Mabel, Seuss, and Grunkle Stan, they're trying to play some kind of gambling game for crackers, but this music is just so loud, and it turns out that it's Robbie. Yes. Also, Mabel wins the game, despite the fact that she doesn't know how to play or what game they're playing, and that is hilarious. <laughs> and robbie is outside playing music and dipper's like yo you know she's not here because she said that she was going camping while you were dancing but she didn't listen because you was a yeah that's what he was pretty much saying he didn't say it exactly like that but essentially yeah. and robbie got that that's what he was saying and he's like oh you want to go man you want to talk about this right now let's talk about this and then you know they start having beef um and again all i wrote down was quotes so you should probably start filling in the plot from there no, you're fine. One of my favorite parts about this was that Dipper hears the music. He's like, I think I'm going to handle this. And everyone's like, oh, okay. All right, Dipper. I wrote that down. Yeah, the whole family's like, ooh, oh, sass. <laughs> Dipper's gotten the sass coming out. Mm, let's go. Go get him. And I'm sure that the quote that you ended up writing down was Grunkle Stan saying, I know a fight when I see one. And then hopping outside with the intentions of uh, bringing his friends over to bet on the fight. You know me so well. The quote yep. I wrote was immediately right then after. The smart money is on skinny jeans. Is Literally that wrong? just No, he's not. He's absolutely right. And if anything, it's really cool of him to say that in front of Dipper to be like, hey man, like I wouldn't bet on you. <laughs> Yeah, so the plan is for Robbie and Dipper to fight at Circle Park at 3 o'clock. But now Dipper doesn't know what to do. And Mabel says, why can't you learn to hate each other in secret like girls do? Uh, also, a line that I wrote down. Actually, the next line that I wrote down. So funny. Good one. And uh, to be honest, probably a better method. 
Honestly, maybe not a bad idea. I don't know. It kind of depends, you know? Like, if you need to deal with them in your life, maybe it's better to have a conflict so that you can get over stuff. You know, and you can kind of live your own lives. We'll we'll get to that, because they kind of come to their own conclusion. They do. So, Dipper decides, rather than confront the situation, he's going to hide in the arcade instead, under a machine. Yes. And... Admirable. And then, do they immediately cut back to Mabel and Stan? Yeah, they have like a little bit with Dipper and Seuss. They chat and then they they do the cut and then why are you acting so cray cray? And then that's the next one that I wrote. <laughs> okay, yes. So yeah. they do, they gloss over it really fast. Just Dipper being in the arcade and maybe saying <laughs> something to Seuss. So-, so one of the funny things when Dipper and Seuss are talking is he says something like about teenagers being really dangerous. That was funny. That made me laugh. You know the one I'm talking about? Oh, okay, yeah. Like some ridiculous story about teenagers. Like, yeah, I don't know. Some teenager like went crazy and killed someone because of his hormones. I don't know. My buddy told me about it recently. You know, like like some really crazy story. I didn't write it down exactly, but it made me laugh. Well, no, because it was better than that. He was talking about his cousin Reggie and he was saying, oh yeah, like my cousin got in this fight, had all his arms and legs broken and, you know, maybe he got killed too. I was just talking to him the other week and he told me the story. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, So... So that was funny. They they have their little chat, and then they do this cut back to, you know, Mabel and Grunkle Stan, which is going to be the B-plot. And the cut is done with this, like, you know how sometimes we've seen, like, TV shows from, from, the, from the, like, within the show? This is another one called Why You Actin' So Cray Cray. And it's just this ridiculous, it's like one of those reality shows, like, Why You Actin' So Cray Cray? And it's like, welcome back to Why You Actin' So Cray Cray. And just obviously, like, it's just a silly, it's a stupid thing, but it's so funny. Um, I love how many shows that we get in the Gravity Falls universe within the show, you know? Yeah, I do. I think it, it gives a lot of character to the universe. I think, and Rick and Morty does, I think that that's something Alex Hirsch and Rick and Morty kind of the writer of Rick and Morty learned from each other or discovered in school together or something. Another one of my favorite quotes is right after this, because somehow they bring up ladders and Grunkle just goes, you know, ladders are actually real more dangerous than guns. That's why I have 10 guns in my house. Make sure that nobody with any ladders comes in here. It's so good. And I was like, um, that's a crazy joke to have in a Disney show. And I love it. it. And it makes Grunkle it so funny. Yeah, well, I, I agree. But Mabel's not buying this. She's like, that seems weird. You must be afraid of heights. Which maybe a bit of a... Uh, a bit jumping to a conclusion. But she decides to solve this by trying to buy high heels for Great Uncle's Day and give them to him so that she can prove definitively, oh, he won't step in these because he's afraid of heights. But the funny thing that we find out later is that she does turn out to be right, and he is actually afraid of heights. <laughs> yeah, it turns out that Grunkle Stan does have a fear of heights after all, because Mabel sees him freak out watching skydiving on TV, and in true Mabel fashion, she decides that she needs to try to do something to get rid of this fear for him, because Mabel yeah. is this person. Yeah, so she makes it her mission, and the B-plot is her essentially trying to, I guess, exploit, I probably isn't the right word, but that's effectively what ends up happening, because it ends up getting exploited for our entertainment, because she's obviously going to try to cure his heights through the worst means possible, scaring the living crap out of them. Anywho, the cut that we get next to that is Dipper is playing this game, and he finds a cheat code on the side after he's like, he's like complaining about Robbie. He's like, he's like literally alone, just grumbling to himself about how he's mad about Robbie. I'm like, Jesus, get over it, child. And he climbs over and sees this like secret cheat code to the game in the bottom left corner. And he does it. And A, have you ever played any like platform fighters, like Street Fighter, anything like that? Yeah, man. I mean, I've frequented an arcade in my day. So in Smash Bros, there are characters that you can actually use inputs like that to play. And man, if like Kazuya from, I think Kazuya is from, not from Street Fighter, what is Kazuya from? Mortal Kombat? I don't remember. If Terry from Tekken, any of these characters actually came out of one of these video games, they would destroy the world, dude. These are monstrous characters in these games. (laughs) So 
when I was watching this with the context of having gamed a lot more, I was like, this is actually kind of scary. Like, I would be freaked out if one of these monsters came out of a video game. And that's what ends up happening. This, you know, what was the guy's name? Rumble? Rumble McSkirmish. Rumble McSkirmish, who's essentially Ryu from Street Fighter, comes out of this game and is like, 100% over-the-top anime video game character. I am going to fight! <sighs> Let's see, I got some quotes from this. Change machine! It's, it's a change, like a change machine, like with quarters. Change me into a powerful wolf! And then he hits it. Come on! <laughs> it's good! It is good. Picked, uh, the cool thing is also his animation is like totally different from everything else. And it's really unique. I actually, it doesn't look like necessarily completely just a 2D you know, like, side-scroller platform character. It's got its own animation style within the character, within the cartoon universe of Gravity Falls. And it looks really sick. I've never seen anything like it, really. And one of the funny things about it is he, like, high-fives Dipper, and Dipper, Dipper says, how your pixels are really sharp. And it's just, yeah. like, it gives a little flavor, you know? I like it. It's got so much character to it for such a traditionally kind of simple idea, bring the character to life, you know? So... Yeah, at this point, this is easily, like, the best part of the episode, is the fact that we are getting this really cool animation of a video game character emerging from his console to enter the real world and basically be exactly the same, but exist within our universe. It almost feels like the Penguins and Mary Poppins, or these yeah. movies where you're getting at least a type of animation that feels very incorrect in the universe that it's in. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, one one other funny quote, by the way. Stay perfectly still. And he's, like, doing his, like, fight wobble, you know, because, like, characters and games are always, like, kind of moving. He goes, yep. is that as... <laughs> this is as still as I can stay. They clearly like the games. The writers knew what they were doing when they designed this guy. I, I love the visual of you actually doing the Street Fighter dance back and forth, even though this is an audio podcast and nobody is going to be able to see that. But it audience, just, he did it. It's very yeah, I good. Did. I know how to do it. Um, just a little uh, piece of flair here. So Seuss loves video games so much that he's also there and wonders what it would be like to go inside a video game for real. So oh, yeah. he, he crawls underneath one. And for a second, I thought that... I almost remembered him actually getting absorbed into the video game, but instead he just literally gets stuck inside the screen. My actual favorite part of this is not the gag, but rather that the game itself is called Nort, which is Tron backwards. And that's a nice little touch. Oh, I didn't notice that. That's really cool. So he's getting stuck inside Tron. That's such a cool thing. Yes. What, what a great reference. I'm so happy you noticed that. Oh my God. Also, I, I thought the funny line was that when he gets stuck behind the actual, like, glass of the game. Uh, <laughs> it's a funny quote. Hold on. <laughs> Where is it? It's gonna, as soon as I get to it, we're all going to laugh. Please be working. Hello? Someone cut my radio signal and I couldn't get through before. If you can hear me, I don't have much time. The next clue just says this. One equals five. Both ways. Please figure this out. I'm counting on you. <laughs> All right, I'm not gonna lie. I don't remember where I wrote it, but oh says, my goodness, people behind, waited for the payoff. Hold on, he's stuck by. I'm remembering it. He's stuck behind the glass, and he says something like, "It's not just a game now." Yeah, I wish that I wrote this down to help you out. <laughs> now, because of the lack, like it was so funny. I'm so tragically sad. So Mabel walks up to Grunkle Stan. And says, hey, Grunkle, you want to go on... You see how I did that? Seamless transition. Hey, Grunkle, you want to go on a mysterious walk blindfolded to nowhere in particular? He goes, and you'd think he'd immediately just be like, yeah, no, I'm not going to do this thing because I'm obviously going to heights. But his immediate reaction is, ha, yeah, sure. Pete's, he, Pete's sitting here being old. <laughs> like, Love yeah, I can such a just getting black. And you know what? Even now at my age... I'd probably say yes to that. I don't have a problem with a fear of heights, but that's still the kind of thing that sounds like it would not be enjoyable. Also, oh, no. I don't mean for the heights. I mean for getting blindfolded and taken somewhere. Well, okay, but that's probably what Grunkle Stan thought, and then he had to deal with the heights. So can't you presume that you would be in the same situation? Well, I'm not afraid of heights. I conquered that one time. 
All right, what if it's something that you are afraid of? They can't take me to that. Oh. All right, no further questions. So <laughs> let's talk more about the fighter, okay? Uh, Rumble. I'm just going to say Rumble and not use his whole name. Um, but I like a little scene where uh, Dipper is, like, looking for power-ups, so he gives him half a taco, but then an awesome little graphic comes up to the top left of the screen, which is the taco, but, like, in 8-bit form. And these are the kinds of things that they're playing with animation-wise in this episode that really set it apart. Um, But plot-wise, Rumble wants to be taken to the Soviet Union to be with the world's greatest fighters, which... At the so current funny. moment, at the current moment in history, seems to not be so true. Oh my gosh, that was one of the funniest things that I thought about that quote too. In a, in a tragic way, I would like to clarify also because he's like, I need to go to the Soviet Union to fight the fight to you know the fight the fight fighter champions or whatever. And Dipper's like, Yeah, that might be difficult, especially now. And the reason he said that then was because the Soviet Union obviously isn't real; it's called Russia now. But the reason it's extra funny, well, I mean, tragic, because it's because of war. It'd be a little bit harder right. even now. So, just a point. Right. Yeah. That's clear. Okay. Sorry. That's what I was alluding to as well. But I'm glad that for anybody who didn't get it, you made sure to explain it perfectly well. Uh, you know, everyone's glad I'm here. Is what I is what I've gathered. <laughs> I sure am. I sure am. Um, I'm glad. But. Dipper says that he knows a fighter in Gravity Falls, his arch-enemy, Robbie, to which Rumble asks, did he kill your father? And after and a while... Goes, Dipper goes, yeah, sure, whatever. I'm like, what? Yo, you can't just tell this monster that? That's her... No, man! Dude, I am not on Dipper's side again in this episode. This is like, like, um, half of the time Dipper messes up. <laughs> I thought about using my points this episode to give Dipper negative... <laughs> That's funny. He's terrible. I, I almost like, want to be. Almost want to let you. <laughs> I just it's funny that I had no qualms with him potentially messing with the entire space-time continuum as a way to be with Wendy, but un- unleashing an arcade <laughs> monster without any kind of semblance of that other person's safety just to like attack him is so completely out of left field. I, for some reason, it feels you know worse. What else? You know what else? He's not even doing this mystery thing out of some sense of selflessness. He's just doing this because he's interested in it for fun. He wants to know personal for personal gain. He's literally the most selfish character in this whole freaking series, except for sometimes when he's cool to Mabel. I'll give him that. Sometimes yeah. he's really cool to his sister. Other than that, though, questionable constantly. Yeah, dude, Dipper's an extremely selfish character. When you like this episode exposes it, but he does operate on that frequency all the time. Let's not forget he has a kill count. Oh, yes. By the way, the Discord went wild when you uh talked about that. I'm so, sure, because it's insane. Well, we still need an official answer. Apparently, there is something online that is close to tracking the kill count. But it, it counts a lot of things that are kind of ridiculous, like like taxidermy figures that Grunglestan allegedly kills. Like, taxidermy cannot be killed, so it should not count, you know? Well, but that's Dipper doesn't do that, so we don't care about those. Okay, are we only counting Dipper? Because yeah, I thought we talked about Dipper. maybe... Okay, I thought we were maybe going to consider all of them. Well, um, I mean, I guess it's interesting to think about it, but... I mean, I just think Grunkle probably actually has a kill count, so it's not as funny. You know, because the thing is, I, I think it's funny because obviously they're not supposed to have a kill count. So looking at like characters like Grunkle, they're like, okay, he's probably actually killed a couple of people, you know, or <laughs> animals and killing animals. No, no, no. Like, because hunting and eating food, because like, oh, you, oh, he attacks dirty animals. Like everyone eats meat. Like get off your high horse. You know what I mean? Like, okay. But this is like, they're counting literal taxidermy, I think. What do you mean or, literal guess, taxidermy? That's just killing an animal. He didn't I taxidermy a person. Well, unless you didn't kill it, though. Like, it could just How be How do you not kill an animal to taxidermy it? Dude, you know I'm what just... taxiderming an animal is? I'm only now considering this, and <laughs> this is really sad. Dude, taxiderming an animal is stuffing it and preserving its dead body. I know that, but I never, like, considered the logistics. 
like I, for some reason I just think, oh, it's just like a wax figure. No, I know it's not. It, I know it. Put it yes, in I, bombing fluid in, in like. I, I know what it is, but when this discussion was being had, for some reason I was not even considering that part of it. <laughs> Which I still don't count it. I still don't count it because no, that's not on. It it's got to be on screen. But one, well, I don't count like. Oh. Again, like, unfortunate. Sorry, vegans. Like, I actually don't, like, I don't actually eat most meat myself, so I'm, I'm not trying to judge, but I'm just saying that doesn't count for the level of killing that we're going for, because, like, you know, I mean, as far as we know, none of these characters are vegans, so that would just put their kill count astronomically high, because they all eat meat, you know what I mean? Well, I think that, I, for the sake of what we're trying to do here, which is already something that we probably haven't quite kept track on... It's a, it just needs to be any on-screen instance of Dipper killing some character. Which or I anyone. Do think, I mean, I'll take anyone. Any I just think Dipper and Mabel are probably the only people that have done it other than, like, villains. Well, maybe we should track them and then the unnamed villain that we keep alluding to. Who, by the okay. way, had a cameo in this episode on one of the arcade screens. Oh, good. Nice. I didn't notice. Alright, 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 let's keep going with this with this thing, because there, there's some yeah. funny stuff that I still want to talk about. Sure, so Dipper tells Mabel his plan. Mabel asks if it's cheating. Dipper says, I guess so, and moves on. Rumble is ready. Yes. Rumble is ready to kill Robbie, and Dipper tries getting him to chill out, but still doesn't question it. Yeah, I probably jumped ahead a little bit here. No, you didn't. Um, well, I didn't jump ahead, but I sort of glossed over something that is very important, which is all of a sudden. We are at this three o'clock location, and Rumble is totally uh, ready to just kill Robbie. Yeah, and and Dipper's kind of. I mean, look. Obviously, as soon as Rumble starts actually trying to kill Robbie, Dipper is like, "Oh no, this is a bad idea." But also, like, bro, come on, man. He was just like swinging around a pipe walking down the street a minute ago. Like, you didn't foresee. Maybe something was going to happen. You know what I mean? I don't know, Dipper. I don't know, Dipper. But uh, oh, yeah. yeah, so essentially we go into a fight scene, which is so creative and funny, where this you know character starts to try to kill Robbie. The first thing we get is Robbie running away on like a freaking Mario, like classic Mario Donkey Kong throwing barrels scene. Which is so funny, man. It was such a great callback. They really, like, showed the video game love in this episode. I was about it. <laughs> it is, it's a great sequence. And them playing with this arcade-style thing all episode, it's funny, like, talking about it, I freaking love it. My problem was, I felt like it took too long in this episode to get to the awesome arcade stuff. I felt like we spent a lot of time getting the Robbie Dipper feud building up. And I found the whole thing a little bit, I don't know if silly is the right word, but just uninteresting. Well, look who suddenly doesn't like the Dipper Wendy plotline. Looky here, yes, this guy. This is a funny know. twist of events. It's a surprising twist because I found this very aggravating for some reason. Wow. And I didn't before. The, the reason I didn't find it aggravating this time, I think, is because I actually sympathized with Robbie a little bit. And I know what's coming, so I was kind of ready for that. So Dipper does try to start saving Robbie, and he's running after him. Obviously, he's, like, 12, and these people are older, and, like, one's a monster and running faster, so he's, like, dying trying to keep up with them. And Seuss drives up, he goes, hey, bro, need an amiable sidekick with a pickup truck? And, you know... <sighs> Your heart sings, Barrow. It's just so good. It's so good. And, you know, then we get a cut to Grunkle Stan and Mabel, who are at the top of this giant water tower. She takes the blindfold off of Grunkle and he goes, yep, that's pretty much what I expected. So I like this because A, it's funny and B, he kind of was like entertaining Mabel doing this. So he kind of had the bravery to go do this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that, that's funny, but it also shows that he was willing to do this for Mabel, nonetheless. You know what I mean? Because he, was, he wasn't really doing it for himself. He did it for Mabel to entertain Mabel a little bit. And that's kind of sweet and subtle, you know? So, remember what you told me last week about how I think it's really awesome that you took that away, but I don't necessarily know if the writers intended it like that. 
I sort of feel the same way in this spot a little bit. Um, I don't know why I'm the critical one today. It's, but don't get me wrong. I'm not like critical of it. I love this whole moment. I'm just Who? saying, I don't know if the writers thought that through. Pissed in your cornflakes today. No, I'm just playing. Uh, so, so anyway, Mondo Man video game character is about to freaking murder Robbie for real. And <laughs> Dipper's like, I need to stop this. And he goes, Rumble Guy or whatever. And he does the like widescreen effect over his eyes. And then it zooms out and he's just holding two planks of wood. And, like, it's so funny that, like, he actually used that as a strategy to try to make an eyeline match contact with the character to get his attention. It's so funny. It's so creative. It's like, I've never seen anything like that in one of these. It's so funny, dude. This is where Dipper decides that he is going to admit, you know, Robbie didn't actually kill my father. And Rumble realizes, so you're the bad guy. And he goes into a cutscene, an actual story arc cutscene, like straight out of a video game. All the animation goes that way. Sensei told me not to stray from the path of evil, but this boy, it's so good. It's so good. And then he gets all crazy. He's like, you are the evil one. Ah!" (laughs) Thanks for assaulting my eardrums. And all of the listeners. You're all welcome. Good God, man. <laughs> That's what happened. I'm just I'm just telling the story like a vivid storyteller. It's a good thing. Um, Lucas is great at YouTube. <laughs> You're hilarious. You're hilarious. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Okay. Well, anyway, um, Seuss is like, hey, man, you don't have to do this. You're probably, he's like, he's got a black belt wrapped around his black belt. You're probably going to die. Or you might die. He's like, I think I need to do this. And he walks away to do it. And Seuss goes, fight like a man it is. It's kind of a cool moment. And I liked yeah, it. Because it was, it was like, you know, it was it was the contrasting. It was contrasting from earlier. And Seuss also kind of gives him like the nod of approval. But you know what I also like about this with Seuss? Is as soon as this the fight starts or like immediately after, Seuss climbs up in the tree and tries to grab one of the like video game fight health bars that appears to cheat and just totally kill Rumble. Did, could you notice that? I did, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's totally just straight up trying to cheat and like kill like, hey, maybe we could kill him. And he goes, it, obviously his hand just passes right through and he goes, ah, worth a shot. And I'm like, yes, let's go, Seuss, trying to save Dipper. But Dipper ends up essentially, like, trying to fight, and it's it's a fight scene, and he loses, and he gets his bottom handed to him. He gets beat up. He looks messed up at the end of that, dude. But he did this on purpose. He realized that by losing, it was going to be game over for the character, and that he would go back into the game. So it was all strategic. Well, okay, it wasn't all strategic, though, because I think there, he also had, like, an emotional moment where he, like, laid his arms back and he's like, no, I deserve this. Yeah, well, and I do like the idea that we literally called Dipper a villain because it really was him who was the villain of the episode. Yeah, um, 100% to everybody involved. I think, okay, I will say, Robbie definitely, like, overreact. Like I said, I would maybe have, like like, given somebody the stink eye and, like, you know, hugged my girlfriend and been, like, kind of, like, looked at him, like, come on, dude, get out of here. But I wouldn't have, like, straight up been, like, you know, meet me at three o'clock and we'll settle this, like, a 16-year-old fighting a 12-year-old. You know what I mean? Like, nah, dude, that's cringe. Yeah, it's like, dude, don't beat beat up a kid, but at the same time, kid, Well, he does it, though. He does does it, though. He has the opportunity to beat up Dipper a second time after... So, 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 before... Okay, so... So the cool thing is that Dipper does kind of get messed up a little bit, but then after he does, he, you know, he's like, I lost. And then the video game character goes away because he won the game. It was game over. And then as soon as that happens, like the little, like, enter your name screen shows up where you only get the three characters to enter your initials. And he does dip. And I'm like, oh, that's great. That's such a good little note. I'm praising all of them, man. I don't care. So then Robbie, like, comes out of his hiding spot and he's just like, dude, what the heck? What was that guy? What's going on? And he's like, I am so mad right now. And honestly, I'd be pretty mad too, dude. Like, I'd be mad if, if a kid just like, you know, created some video game monster to literally try to murder me. Like, I would be pretty upset, especially if I had hormones and was like his age. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Ooh. 
I, I would be messed up about that 100%. I'd be so mad. So Robbie doesn't actually fight him, even though Dipper lays his arms down. He's like, yeah, you want to fight me? Do it. Hit me. I deserve it. And you know, whatever he says, Robbie is like, whatever, man, it's not worth it. He doesn't fight him. And then Wendy rolls up right after that. And you so like that. That's cool. I mean, Robbie, it makes it more realistic to, for me, you know? Because, like, what would Robbie, would somebody really, nobody would actually hit a 12-year-old for it, you know? Maybe if you're really pissed, you'd go for intimidation if you're crazy and actually hormone-raged and you're one of those kind of crazy people. I don't think most people would do it, but I could believe it for Robbie, you know? Maybe. Yeah. And this is the only reason why I believe it, because he doesn't actually, like, go out of his way to beat up a kid. <laughs> he knows true. that that's a silly thing to do at the end of the day, and he's like, okay, like... But come on, like, he's still in his head. It's like, dude, stop hitting on my girlfriend for real, though. You know? And that's such yes. a reasonable thing. <laughs> but here's the other thing is, so Wendy uh, finds out, oh, you're not fighting. I'm so glad to see you getting along. And that was sweet. That, that was sweet. But Dipper basically says, you know, Robbie, we need to make a Cold War pack. We both like Wendy. But I was like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Dipper, you're making this pact still with the intention that you two are on an equal playing field and that this is some sort of prize to be won. Yeah, dude, that was that, that. That, that would literally be like me making a deal with a friend, being like, hey, man, like, we could just be cool with not liking each other and I can just keep hitting on your girlfriend. I'd be like, um, ex no, get out of here. I'll whip your ass if you do that again. No fucking way would I let that happen, dude. And... Like, Rob, I'm making Oppie freak out. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, my, my dog is going nuts. I'm I activated. <laughs> I think that Dipper is not being cool at all, man. I think he needs to hell lay off. I think it's sweet how Wendy ends up treating both of them, to be honest, because she is like Dipper's my little kid friend, like, you know, like almost like somebody that hangs out at work a lot. And I like that little bit because it makes Wendy a little less cringe, a little less cringe. There's still a little bit like the, the, the things I complained about in the old episodes still yeah. hold up because none of this had happened yet. You know what I mean? This makes it a little better. This episode repairs it a little for me because it makes Robbie a little more believable. That's so interesting because I found this one to be the most intolerable of all of them as far as the feud goes. I mean, I just um, think Dipper's a terrible person and that's annoying. It, yeah, dude, I, I don't exactly know what it was. Maybe it's just I don't really care for this dynamic without Wendy being a part of it. In a way, like, I prefer Wendy being there. Hmm. And See, I don't like the three of them together. I like any two of them, but none of the three of them. That's interesting. I It's funny because, like, I'm not gonna lie, I feel like I took weak notes on this episode, too, because I was trying so hard to keep track of all of the tiny little references that I was seeing that I didn't take time to, like, take notes on how I felt. And maybe that was part of the problem. Maybe I was not engaged enough. Uh, or, like, you know... It's a problem of reviewing philosophy. Interesting. Yeah. So, well, and listen, the way that you decide to view something makes a big difference, because I remembered this episode so vividly as being one of my favorites, and then when I revisited it, I revisited it, I was, you know, left feeling a little bit disappointed, well, so... expectations play a role, too, because I thought it was going to be eh... And I thought it ended up being very good, more so than I expected. So I Yeah, know. and make no mistake, the video game references are incredible and so much fun and mm -hmm. easily my favorite part of the whole episode. I love what they do with Rumble. You know, I love so many of the quotes with Seuss and Grunkle Stan. The only thing that I had a problem with was just the plot. I kind of wish that we had gotten this video game story without it being a Dipper Robbie fight. I don't know how they would have done it, but hey, I've, I've said before that sometimes the cringy interactions have led to really good episodes, and maybe this is another example of that, where, you know, I don't know how else they would have done it, and they delivered on so many amazing things as a result, so I'm gonna say I like it. Cool. I, and I also like there was a little, little tiny ending where Seuss has, a, at the end credit scene, where Seuss has a dream where everybody, like, Gravity Falls turns into a video game, and I'm just saying I want to play that game. All right, Lucas. <clears throat> mystery plaque time i want to know who is getting your points this episode oh yes i'll be simple about it i gave two to seuss for being the hero of the story for this round and i gave one to robbie because i think robbie deserved the limelight actually for once wow i'm fascinated by that you know what i kind of like it i kind of like that you gave one to robbie but 
there was no way I was going to give it to him or Dipper because <laughs> I was just not, in, I, I don't enjoy this feud. And I don't like fighting either. I, I feel like it's silly and archaic. And I think that just, okay, it's a plot of two people deciding that they're going to fight. And one of them's a teenager and one's a kid, which is weird to me in the first place. I just, I couldn't get there. I can fight. I defend my homies. I'd fight for you, Alec. I would. Thanks. Thanks, man. I would fight with words. I, I'm not going to fight for you anymore. You're off my list. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just telling you the truth. You really um, wouldn't? You, I, I'm offended. I'm actually offended. No offense, man, but I wouldn't do you any good. Like, <laughs> you could probably carry yourself in a fight. I certainly could not. Well, that's true. Yeah, you probably just make, you just put yourself in danger and I'd have to save you. Yeah, exactly. And then who, bad. who's that helping? I'm still I mad. I definitely wouldn't fight Rumble McSkirmish. That's for sure. I would. Take that Super Saiyan down. Oh, by the way, super stupid of Dipper to do that in the first place. He could literally die. Like, he was putting himself in yeah, the, that right. risk of actual death. And Not another either. thing. Now you've got me going a little bit. Also, when Sue says, okay, you're going to decide to be a man. I hate that, too, because we spent an entire episode on manliness trying to debunk the myth that be a man means something like this in the first place. And here we are. So No, 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 no. Grunkle does clarify at the end of that episode that being a man is doing what you believe is right. He's wrong, though. A person can do that. Like, I, I'm well, sorry. Well, okay, but but you're not wrong. The idea- no, it's the idea is that, thing, that yes, yes. The idea is that the be a man construct you can turn it into an empowering thing where it's like, oh, yeah, okay, be a man is confidence. Yeah, but you're just talking about basic human qualities. There's nothing yeah, particularly but, special bro, about the that's, fact that's, that it's manly. Yeah, there's nothing special about any group of people or anything like that on the planet. That's all it all it is. It's all just one big construct. But I yeah, really so, hate- so what though? <laughs> Let people do that. You know, like. Like, oh, I'm empowered because I'm, you know, I have an Irish heritage. It's like, okay, like... No, listen, I understand what you're saying, which is that, (laughs) you know, people should use their experience as a point of empowerment. Uh, I just can't do that because I think that the idea... I'm not saying that the identity of a man brings me any empowerment. I think being an American (laughs) man is not something to be proud of at all. But that's that's my personal view of identity, you know? That's what makes me feel happy about it. I can't judge what someone else feels and their background, you know? Sure. I just think that putting the stamp of be a man on it makes it sound like something that is like only a man can do, and I hate that. I don't, I don't know if it implies that. Maybe you're implying that because of your cultural background. Anything like that? It could be. I might be implying it because I am more feminine-oriented, I will say. Uh, mm. I identify more with those types of qualities, and I hate masculinity. So you're when projecting. I hear like, no, I'm just oh, kidding. I'm, I'm going to be a man by fighting it out and using my massive muscles. I'm just like, God, kill me. I hate this. Dude, for me, that has nothing to do with being a man. That just has to do with protecting your homies. But that's my point. It's not about that. Yeah, it and is you about wouldn't freaking fight for me. So, so you got no room to talk, okay? We brought it full, we brought it full circle. Okay. <laughs> okay. I was actually expecting us to give the same points three weeks in a row. Um... I'm surprised you gave one to Robbie. I I actually gave two to Grunkle Stan because he was so funny the whole episode. And I I gave one to Seuss. I was really close to giving him the two because I feel like Seuss is going to be more of an underdog when it comes to the points. You know what? Actually, I'm talking myself into it. I I won't switch it. No, no, no. Don't vote based on overall projection. Based based on the episode. You only base on the episode. That's fine. If we're using that logic, then I will go ahead. That's why people vote third party. It's because they're not actually voting for the long run. I suppose so. Then I will give my one point to Seuss. Yeah, third party. Um, speaking of third parties, I had an idea for a quirk in the Mystery Plat game. Because we're trying to award one character with the points at the end. What if... Let, let, let me give my idea for... I see that you're excited and you have an idea. You're going to hate it. Thinking about all of the background characters in Gravity Falls. The, not the Seusses, but like the true background characters. Like Manly Dan you know, Tyler Cute Biker, just the weird ones who could prospectively get a point, but we know are not going to win this contest in the end. Do you think that we could award the Town of Gravity Falls as the winner if that collective group of background characters has a higher overall score than any of the main characters? I think we could do something like that. I think maybe we should also have like two bonus awards because there are also some characters that I realize are phenomenal that aren't in half of the series that are maybe getting snubbed. So yeah, maybe we could have like a bonus 
thing. I was thinking, you know what we could do for the winner of the contest? Make a literal mystery plaque? No, even better. Oh? We each get a tattoo of that character. Mm, I don't think so, man. I'm not ready to... (laughs) about it, though! He thought about it! I saw! I saw him! I don't want to ever get a tattoo, but if I did, I would want to be very careful about... I would want it to really mean something, and I feel like I wouldn't be able to pull the trigger for something like this. So oh, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get way more tattoos. But I think that you should, and I think that would still be fun, regardless of whether I do it or not. I'm going to, regardless. But the thing is, I the reason I said it is because I want a tattoo of a specific character that I don't think is gonna win. So maybe I'm trying to find a way to make it. I might just do whatever I want. We'll see. <laughs> I see. And you're trying to bring me into that plot. Thanks. Well, I mean, I just think it'd be fun for us to have matching tattoos. I think we should do that anyway. That's adorable. And I think if Uh, we did it for Gravity Bros, it would mean a lot. That'd be really cool. Oh, Oh, you hear him thinking about it? Come on, guys. Go go harass us in some YouTube comments. Make him think about it. I'm not going to lie, bro. I accidentally have had the volume on way too high on my recording this entire time, which just my personal volume, what I am hearing, not what the podcast is going to sound like. And... Your voice has just been so loud the whole time. It has been driving me crazy. What? And I have you not- can always just make your own volume lower. I keep forgetting to do it because I have to reach over and I, I like to keep my hands free of my device oh, when I'm see, podcasting. I, I, I've got one on my headphones that I slide up and down. Oh, that's clever. You gotta um, get the headphones that I have, dude. My headphones are sick. No, I, oh, wow. I just turned it down and my entire experience has changed. Maybe that's why I'm so bitter about the episode is I just couldn't handle all of the loud screaming as i perceived it to be screaming <laughs> you're getting all anyway no, I'm just... i know i know i failed a hearing test once i mean i would probably fail a hearing test too that's okay i yeah i played drums since i was in the fourth grade and it's just not uh bode well so insights from journal three there's actually not a whole lot to add in journal three this episode it really is just extra details about rumble um something that i didn't notice in the episode which i'm assuming was there and dipper wrote it down was that the eye patch on Rumble flips sides every time he turns around. <laughs> That's funny. That's like, yeah. like a video game thing. Yeah, so it's kind of like a continuity error. At least that's how Dipper views it. He's like, oh, the video game makers needs to fix this. But I think it adds yeah. flair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's funny. I like that. Yeah, but I'm more interested in Journal 4. Because right. you were wondering, what could we add to Journal 4 this week? What on well, earth? I learned about something recently because i was reading the book weird oregon because i'm interested in the lore of the entire state of oregon and maybe where gravity falls get some of it from okay. and have you ever heard of polybius uh no i don't think so all right i'm gonna read you what wikipedia says and then i'm going to explain it better polybius is an urban legend concerning a fictitious 1981 arcade game arguably fictitious i will say The legend describes the game as part of a government-run, crowdsourced psychology experiment based in Portland, Oregon. Oh, I do know about this, actually! Yes, okay. So gameplay supposedly produced intense psychoactive and addictive effects in the player. These few publicly staged arcade machines were said to have been visited periodically by men in black for the purpose of data mining the machines and analyzing these effects. Allegedly... All of these Polybius arcade machines disappeared from the arcade market. The urban legend has persisted as a topic of interest for video game journalism and, through continued interest, has served for inspiration for free and commercial video games by the same name. So this is a legit urban legend that a lot of people really believe that the game Polybius was an arcade game that existed, with varying feelings about whether any kind of mind control was involved. Can I rate it now? Okay, get right into it. Nine out of ten. Ooh! Straight up, dude. I have gone down the rabbit hole on some CIA experiment stuff, man. Like, I don't know about Men in Black stuff, because, like, all that needs to be is just a CIA person in a suit at the end of the day. Like, pretty easy to call a lot of things Men in Black when you're defining it that way, right? But the thing is, there have been well-documented examples of the cia and the united states government testing mind control and stuff like that in the 60s like very well documented and i honestly don't see why this could not have this is considering the other things that they were doing with like you know like drugs and like hypnosis and other kinds of mind control that they were testing 
this seems very within the realm of possibility. I mean, there was an entire thing in San Francisco. Well, I won't get into that. People look at it. Okay. It's very fascinating. Sure. So the, the hesitancy that I have is that there's no real pictures that exist of this game. The one that we thought was real, it seems to have been faked or maybe they, somebody did create like a new version of it, but it wasn't the same type of thing. The, it's the 80s and I feel like we should probably have a picture of this thing. But then again, if it was a game that was barely released in the market and it was only released in a couple places for a very short amount of time, it may be that nobody had a reason to take a picture of it because it seemed normal enough to them. I'm not sure if I believe that people experienced any kind of psychoactive or addictive effects when they were playing the game. That kind of sounds like the stuff out of a myth to me. But I do I don't believe... Oh man. I don't know. But they were definitely trying to see what they could do. I, I do believe that it's possible that some kind of mysterious intention could have been there. Uh, there is a guy who claims to have helped make one of the Polybius machines. And he says, he says that the Men in Black stories, he would attribute more to crowdsourcing. Like they were trying to learn things about the game because Polybius would have been a, it was a trial run for a different game. So they didn't want to use the true title. So it was like a playtest thing. So then people watched how the game went and then they replaced it with whatever the real game ended up being. And that's, that's a more legitimate theory about what could have actually happened if mind mm. control was not involved. Um, and I think that oh, regardless, man. it's really, really cool to speculate about and a very, very fun uh, story to me. Makes me feel spooky. Makes me feel spooky, not gonna lie. Uh, I am going to give the existence of... So I'm rating the existence of the Polybius game, that it was a real game that people played. I'm, and... I'm including mind control in my rating. Okay. Still That's 9 out fine. of 10. Um, I'm going to give it an... Because, again, if I'm rating on a curve, I feel like this has to be on the upper end of things, right? So I'm going to go ahead and give Polybius an 8. It loses the points for me because there's no true evidence of it existing and not enough people who are able to attest to it. But it's really cool and I hope it was real. And I hope that more, like, some kind of evidence can come out about it in the future. I think that would be great. I am going to research more about it online later, to be honest, because it reminded me of it. And now I'm going to go, I'm going to go down a little YouTube rabbit hole and it's going to be dangerous and bad for my mental health. And I'm excited. Great. I'm happy for you. Uh, <laughs> so the cipher this week, another good one. It says, sorry, Dipper, but your Wendy is in another castle, which is a reference to Super Mario Bros. games. After defeating a fake Bowser, Toad says to Mario, thank you, Mario, but our princess is in another castle. So, oh, uh, Toad, I hate those words, man. So daunting. Uh, I love that um, the references are being pulled from so much the more that we get into these ciphers. Uh, it feels like they got more creative with them as the show went on is so far my impression 10 episodes in. So this wasn't a very plot-heavy episode at all, but you know what? It's got a lot of flavor. I liked it. I really did. Overall, I think it's solid. Um, you know, I mean, I can't say any of these in this season end up being my favorite because the show ends up getting so good later, but it's got a lot of flavor. I really liked it. Totally. One thing is for sure, Lucas, regardless of how I felt about the episode, I loved watching it and talking about it with you. Well, just talking about it. I guess we didn't watch together. Well, we That'll should do that. That would be fun. That would be fun if we watched an episode together and then talked about it. I don't know if it would, like, uh, ruin the experience at all of the blind reaction, but I still think well, it would be well, fun. Well, maybe when, if we watch it together and then immediately, like, have shot our our podcast after. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah maybe we could do that as a fun yeah, little we'll thing. think about I, that. I, I'm going to leave that on the table. And it'll give me a chance to uh, test out podcasting without notes and see if I'm better or worse. Oh, I we still take notes when we watch it. I still take well, notes when try, I watch it. Well, we can try, dude, but I have to pause all the time because I can't keep uh, uh, Fine. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> That's fine. You can pause. Anyway. <laughs> and bye, everyone. I'll do your outro. Do the outro. <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by the Brazilian Dragon Podcast Network, which has tons of other rewatches of shows and movies on their feed. And you can find Lucas and I on YouTube, Hester Brothers Cartoon Theater. Check out our Discord. That's where you can talk about other cartoon fans. And uh, social media, if you like that, too. Those links are in the bio. I want to thank... Wait, Lucas you, is giving you, me a look. You said talk about other cartoon fans again. 
Are you kidding me? She okay. did. This is so embarrassing. This is two times that I've accidentally said talk about cartoon fans instead of talk about cartoons with fans. <laughs> and I'm scaring myself. I'm genuinely sorry. Like, I, I hate to break our outro here. Alex just trying to talk about everybody in the cartoon I'm chat. Not. I'm just kidding. I, I just can't. Oh, man. Thank you for calling me on it, though, because I feel like it's very important that we do specify what I actually mean. Um, anyway, thanks to our amazing artist, Tessa Scarborough, and the voice of the mysterious woman, Anna LaFleur. See y'all next week. Happy Sleuth. Later.